What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Good evening. And Robert DeFelice. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. We are talking about the <laughs> February 2019 mailbag Q&A. The inbox has been filled up from a bunch of questions from you guys that you had sent in. Thank you to everybody who sent your questions in, and we are going to answer... About uh, 75% of them or so, uh, I, you know, we have way too many to answer without this being a three and a half hour podcast or something, so gotta make a little pick and choose, and I'm going with the ones that I think we haven't necessarily covered or we won't cover in the future, so some things that were put out there, you know, what are your thoughts on the, the NXT call-ups in this kind of capacity, what do you think about this leading towards whatever at Fastlane, whatever. We're going to get into some of that stuff when we start talking Fastlane and we start talking WrestleMania a little bit more over the coming weeks, but we still do have a lot of things to get into, so that's why I'm talking a little fast here to just go right into Howard's first question here. Actually, Howard's only question, now that I'm saying that. He says, Have you seen this new guy from NXT, Eric Bugenhagen? I like his charisma and scream, but his air instrument gimmick might be a little bit too goofy for the main roster. He could wind up another No Way Jose or even an Adam Rose. What do you think about these types of gimmicks? You might as well just make him a part of 3MB already. I know that uh, we're all kind of in agreement here. Eric Bugenhagen's kind of interesting. He's awesome. uh, We're we're all fans of him. Let's put it that way. Eric Bugenhagen is amazing. And if they never call him up, which is the only way to treat this, he can be a fun star forever. I, I know um, like Howard in the question is basically saying that being a No Way Ozer and, and Adam Rose is a bad thing. If handled correctly, they can be really great things. You need fun, interesting jobbers. The Hockey Tongue Man is going into the Hall of Fame this year as an example of that. Yeah, and... Eric Bugenhagen never needs to be... He's never, ever going to be a main event guy. Like, well, it's it's highly unlikely, at least with his current gimmick. But he's just an opening act guy that can come out, have some fun, get the crowd excited, and then heads off. Just a perfect character for that. Is that his real name, Bugenhagen? What a great, like... What a name that works for a character like this, because it's so cheesy and seems phony but that's probably his legitimate name it'd be funny if Bugenhagen sure was real but eric was he was actually john Bugenhagen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he as far as i know he actually is eric Bugenhagen, and they were actually for a short time frame they were calling him rick boog like r-i-c-b-o-o-g and that was actually not that long before he came up and they started just going back to eric Bugenhagen. so I'm kind of curious if they're going to switch that back at some point. Like, he's just going to go like, yeah, this is Rick Boog here. And then they're just going to start referring to him as that when they start building a little bit more steam with him. You know how they like it was uh, Donovan Dijak and then Chris Dijak. And then now he's Donovan uh, or Dominic Dijakovic. 
they do that every so often. So he might go into Rick Boog again, but his gimmick's going to stay the same at least because he's over with the crowd. And, you know, it, it might lead nowhere. It might lead somewhere. But Elias has a little bit of a goofy gimmick to a certain extent. And Bailey has a weird gimmick. You know, she's just out there hugging everybody and everything. And she ended up becoming a serious enough character and all that. So if he's interesting enough and people really like him, he's got a good look to him. Like, he looks like he's a tough guy and he stands out from a crowd. I don't really like the whole, like, ah! kind of thing. Like, it's personally, it's a little annoying. <laughs> but. It's not supposed to appeal to me in that kind of way. It's supposed to just be like stupid and whatever. So, you know, thumbs up and let's see where it goes. That's kind of where I'm seeing it. He's not doomed. I wouldn't give him that. No, um, for now, I'm all aboard the Boogs cruise and having a good time. The Boogenhog train. Maybe that's how we can kind of go with it. I don't know. If you have any suggestions of what we can call those fans, <laughs> go ahead and drop them in the comments below. Also, uh, that applies to all the other questions, too. If everybody wants to chime in on their thoughts on these questions or their thoughts on our answers to these questions, hit up those comments. So, Howard, that's your answer. We like them. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> Although I, mean, I believe... By the way, 3MB wasn't bad either. It was actually rather entertaining. I mean, it was a terrible waste of Drew McIntyre, but other than that, it was terribly entertaining. Hey, Heath Slater made a career out of being a jackass, so, you know, and that's on a positive side of things. It's not like, a, you know, shitting all over Heath Slater. Like, his his gimmick, he's been a guy that tried to be serious, and it didn't really work, and that was how many years ago when he was trying to be serious still? Almost like, 10. You know, the core was probably the last time that Slater was trying to be, uh, like, a legit guy. So yeah, he's made a career out of just being a joke in that regard. So it works for some people, you know. Santino, look at how many titles he won. Uh, I think it was Howard last month that had said something about over-the-top characters, correct? Probably. So there you go. He's a little over-the-top to a certain extent. Um. Anyway. Let's move on to uh, Isaac Allen's questions. He starts it off with, if you had a custom belt, what would it look like? For example, material, center plate, etc. Definitely black leather. Definitely gold. Uh, definitely a globe in the center at some, you know, whatever, some kind of design. And something in particular that I, actually two things in particular that I really don't like about titles and they still kind of do this. I know that it was like it used to be the way that they would do it. And I really wish that they didn't do it anymore. Number one, no drawings or illustrations of wrestlers. I don't want to see like a guy picking up another guy and suplexing him. I think that that looks so old school. And I don't like old school one in that kind of regard. Number two, I want the leather to adhere to the sides of the plate. I don't like how certain titles like the um the NWA what was it the North Amer not the North American Championship what do they call it like the the National Heavyweight Championship yeah like that one how it's just sort of like here's uh, a a strap and then we just threw something in the middle of it i like it when it traces something so look at for instance the WWE Universal Championship where you know any of the belts that are kind of like that where it's it follows like the leather follows that that's how I want my championship to be. 
and black leather and, you know, all those kind of things like that. So to be perfectly honest, something like the WWE championship and the universal championship, but black and that kind of thing. That's, it's really the proper setup for me, but think more intercontinental, a little bit along those lines. What about you guys? So if we were just talking about if I was going to design a championship for a promotion, mine would be very along the same lines as you. I like the old school, like, you know, the winged Eagle classic slash current intercontinental title and the old tag team titles. I love that style, but I think this question was asking us like if we had a million dollar championship and we had our own title, what would it be? For me, I do have Time Killer Apparel, so that logo would probably be on the side plates or the center of it or something. And I would like to have something that incorporates everything that I do. So e-wrestling news, you know, smart out moment. If I was ever just like a total mark for myself and said, hey, here's a belt of me and all the shit that I do. It would have a lot to do with the logos of my side projects. Oh, in that regard, if that's the case, then you need the A-Mango tree in the logo for the center plate and the side plate on the one side is Mark M. Moment, the side plate on the other is Fanboys Anonymous. Pretty simple for me, then. You know, Tony, you know how the million-dollar title just has the money symbol in the center plate and then just going around it? It's more money. <laughs> I see that for you, but instead of dollar signs, the little snoring Z emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Then I couldn't win the championship because I don't have sleep. Well, no, it's a 24-7 deal. That's why you don't sleep. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that makes sense. What about you, Callum? What are you thinking for a title? Uh, the center play will probably just be a giant Game Boy Advance. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Wouldn't have called that one. And I would make it like real so it was functioning as well. So basically when I wasn't wearing the championship, I could take it off and start just playing on the giant Game Boy Advance. And just like have Mario Kart playing or whatever and something along those lines. And so there's a greater incentive to keep hold of the belt because if I lose it, I lose my Game Boy Advance. And somebody else picks up on your save game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they could just erase it and like do whatever like terrible things to it. Like my high scores could all get beat and it'll be terrible. So it'd have to be like my biggest association outside of like love of wrestling is love of video gaming. So it'd have to be some sort of association with that. So either something that looked like a Game Boy Advance or Nintendo Switch or a PlayStation controller or something like that, just to have that sort of shape within the center plate and then the straps sort of either side and then at the side of it, you could have like trophies and achievements and stuff like that along the side of it. Would you guys have yeah. different colors or would you have a black strap like I do? Um, I'd make mine green. I <laughs> Green's my color, so I have to do it. You know, I would try a couple of different things. I, I always liked how like sean and warrior had the different straps so i'd try a red strap a la the north america championship which tony hates or even a blue strap like the uh, remember the attitude era world title had a blue strap to it not a fan <laughs> uh let's move on here um this one we will talk obviously in more detail a little bit throughout the next month or so but on a very basic kind of regard uh isaac's ass uh do you think that kofi kingston is over the hill or can he still have a run at the top of the stage in his career and i think we're probably going to be all in agreement with this definitely not too old yeah i mean kofi kingston deserves this run and he's very capable and i mean over the hill 
Calum and I, we come from an era where Hulk Hogan won the championship from Triple H in 2002. And, you know, Ric Flair was very much in the championship picture up until the end of his career. Like, Over the Hill, to an extent, doesn't exist in my eyes. As long as they can play their hits and play them well, they can have a run. I go along the lines of there's a wrestler's age doesn't actually matter too much in regards of it. What matters is their TV age. And even though Kofi's been around for 11 years, he's been in fun tag teams and he's been like mid card or he's been obviously new day for so long. So he hasn't really had that one chance to be in the main event or be in a feud centered around him and the major championship. So, he doesn't have that strength to his bow, so it's something that audience haven't seen. So whether he was over the hill or he had been established for a long time, we don't we haven't seen that side of him. And so it's something new and fresh. As opposed to if it was say, and I know I rag on him a lot, if it was Randy Orton fighting for the WWE Championships, like, yeah, we saw him do that every year for the past thirteen years or so. It's like Kofi on top is fresh and different. Plus, AJ Styles just had a year-long title reign, and he's four years older than Kofi. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he's definitely not over the hill. Yeah, so if AJ can get that, and he's got a four-year gap on that, then Kofi can, at, at the very least, have a transitional reign. That's oh, one of those things I really want to die from the that like Attitude Era fan mentality of, oh my god, they're 30? That means they're ancient. I... I I don't get that. I never understood that. Like, you know, guys like Hogan and Flair were always entertaining for the limited stuff that they were doing. I don't know why it's like, oh, well, he's he's 32. I don't know if he can really be a top guy. You know what I thought was really interesting? There was a thing that they didn't put on Raw, but they had it as like a supplemental thing, which was backstage, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder were talking about how like, you know, they want to get back on track and all the other kind of stuff like that. And I think it was Ryder that brought it up. He was like, hey, we've been here for like, I don't know, like a dozen years or so. And we're only 33. And I was like, fuck, that's right. Like Ryder right now is 33 years old. A lot of people don't get started until they're around that. And you kind of lose track of that every once in a while with people like Kofi and all them. Like they've been around for a long time, but they started young. So even though we talk about people like Velveteen Dream being like, you know, I, I can call the guy kid and it makes me feel fucking old. And the future is like, you know, oh, he's got so many years and stuff like that. Like you kind of figure a Velveteen Dream type person 10 years from now, he's going to be in quote unquote his prime. And who's to say Kofi Kingston isn't in his prime right now, you know? Very, Very interesting to, to think about in that kind of regard. Now, whether or not he will get a chance to do that, it's a different story, but we will talk more about that when we hit up the uh, Fastlane predictions and everything. Let's move on to Isaac's other questions. Do you see Undertaker ever having another match in WWE or anywhere else, and which non-WWE person would be a dream match for him? Uh, let's go the first question. Do you think WWE is going to have any kind of Undertaker matches in the future? I think he'll have at least one. What do you guys? It, it depends entirely on him. I'm sure they'd be willing to offer him enough money to perform, but it's whether he considers himself retired or not. I don't think that that DX 
match was his last match. I think he'll do at least one more. Do you guys think he's going to wrestle anywhere else? No, absolutely not. No. I would 100% say no. But if we're going with the possible dream matches left, uh, I'm going to throw in a WWE dream match thing too because why not? We're talking about it. Uh, I, I went through the roster and I was trying to think of people that would make sense for him to fight left. That wouldn't just be sort of a waste. And storyline-wise and just wanting to see it and everything, I kind of can't imagine Braun Strowman being the case anymore because I think that he would just sort of kill Undertaker, you know. And I don't want to see Braun Strowman be the heel. So the only names that I had written down were Demon Balor, just because people think that that's a thing. I don't personally think it's worth it, but whatever. Samoa Joe, I still think Samoa Joe is one of the only people that have been monster-related that Undertaker hasn't fought, and that's kind of annoying to me. But if I had to go with one match left, I'd go with Undertaker and AJ Styles, as far as WWE goes. Non-WWE, I have no fucking idea. So I'm going to pass it off to you guys. WWE or non-WWE, who do you think Undertaker should fight left? Without doing a whole one more match type thing. Okay, WWE, I think... Definitely, I'm going to echo your sentiments. Samoa Joe would be a fantastic match, and I think it would be a match that Undertaker would enjoy. Outside of WWE, I'm going to say Minoru Suzuki, and I know that that would never happen, but that's okay because we're just talking about shit that we would want to see, not shit that we think we would see. But Suzuki would be a fun match. I didn't think of Suzuki. That's actually a really good idea that makes two of us i didn't think of him either <laughs> <laughs> oh in terms of like i'll just stick with like non-wwe people because that was the question and that was the yeah. only thing i really thought of that um i may go immediately sprung to mind as a guy that could basically just build a match around somebody who's a limited worker like undertaker is nowadays uh i thought of ishii but then i thought yeah that's going to kill undertaker so maybe maybe not ishii uh, Ibushi makes all the sense just due to the fact that he would bump absolutely crazily for him. And then just veering off to Ring of Honor for the final one. A match against the current Bully Ray would be just... And it seems like, obviously, you'd be looking at like, new guys, but he's obviously had matches with Bubba Ray Dudley, but he's never had a match with the like asshole Bully Ray character. And there would just be two veterans just beating the shit out of each other. And I think that'd be quite a lot of fun. And there'd be quite a lot of like, smoke and mirrors in that type of match as well, which would cover over both of their deficiencies. Whoa. Sticking with Ring of Honor, a couple names that I thought of as well were Brody King and PCO. Now, PCO, I'll say up front, I don't get PCO. I don't, I don't know why people are loving it. To me, he'll always be a pirate. But I do think that because they know each other well, and with the new PCO gimmick, that it could be a fun attraction. Brody King, I'd like to see in like a pass the torch kind of deal. Mm. Don't know. <laughs> PCO, uh, Tony, is the... Pierre Carlula. Yeah, the Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Huh. All right, well... Options. There you go. The, the, you never come to me when it comes to the non-WWE side of things, but uh, again, everybody That's leave your comments below. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to another one here. Do you listen to any other podcasts such as the Attitude Era podcast or New Generation podcast? Callum might know them as their Brits. Highly recommended. I only listen to something to wrestle, and um, 
Actually, just recently, when I was trying to sleep last night, listened to the most recent 83 weeks. But that's not a regular thing for me. What about you guys? We get this question every once in a while, but this is uh, more tailored to those two, I guess. Uh, those two I haven't listened to. I think I've listened to the Attitude Era podcast every now and again, but it's not uh, it's not something that's on my like recommend re- listening just because of the sense of I'm not a huge fan of the Attitude Era, uh, and like obviously I wasn't watching at the time when it was going on, but on like going back and revisiting it, it's a really kind of hideous era in professional wrestling in my mind. And it's not so much like hideous in the sense of today's stuff is really boring. It wasn't boring back then. It was just really grotesque. And the new generation is even worse because that was hideously boring. So I probably wouldn't listen to, but I, they're probably really good. So I'm not going to suggest otherwise. But in terms of podcasts like that, I listen to a lot of like retro wrestling podcasts. There's uh, The Laps Fan, Wrestle Me, uh, Brian and Vinny shows, stuff along those lines that are actually covering it like any shows from the past and yeah i'd highly recommend all those ones but above all else if you really want to listen to like a retro podcast you should check out 2001 wrestling odyssey which is uh the first two episodes appearing on this very channel so do that Uh, that's right and i appear on them as well and they're really good uh for me uh, i was gonna run down my entire subscriptions but i have a lot so i do listen to the laps fan like callum I listen to 605, the Super Podcast, uh, the Jim Cornette Experience, Jim Cornette Drive-Thru, Kentucky Fried Wrestling. So if you're a fan of old Memphis wrestling, you'll like that. I occasionally check on the Sean Mooney Podcast. And of course, I have regulars like Takis Jericho and the Steve Austin Show. I am going to check out that New Generation Era podcast because I keep meaning to and New Generation Era, for whatever ungodly reason is my favorite so yeah i'll be checking that out i never actually even heard of these two because i don't go looking for the extra podcasts and stuff i have too much wrestling on the brain as it is so before we skip this one what's one non-wrestling podcast you'd recommend see i tend to put on youtube stuff a little bit more so it doesn't really 100 percent count as a podcast but like I guess you can kind of call it that because the only difference is you can see the people talking and it's still just them talking. But Screen Junkies is like my main go to just listening to them talk about whatever the most recent news and stuff is and movie fights from Screen Junkies. Those are my like guilty pleasure kind of things. And uh, if I'm going to put something on and try to fall asleep to something podcast wise and it's not an episode of something to wrestle, then it's definitely some kind of Screen Junkies thing. Um. What question are we around? Uh, which K mask is your favorite? I like the O3 mask with no mouth cover. In my mind, nothing beats the original. I I like the ones with the points. I don't like the pure red one that he's been using. So the modern one sucks. Just going to put that out there right now. The modern K mask is absolutely the worst. And it doesn't style very well either. <laughs> the 2003 one... I, I liked it. I grew accustomed to it, but nothing beats 98, the original, especially like the original outfit as well. I really like the full gear of the original one. I know he switched it a couple of times before he took off the mask, but the original outfit is my favorite game. A little insight. I'm having a random flashback to uh, 
my fair lady, uh, I've grown accustomed to your face. <laughs> when you said I've grown accustomed to it, I'm like, I've grown accustomed to Kane's face. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why I, I don't I, sleep. <laughs> I, I would go with the original one as well. Just along the lines of, it actually looked like, oh, they're covering all of Kane's face because he's horribly disfigured. Not, yes. Wow, Kane's chin looks nice. So we'll cover, <laughs> we'll, we'll expose that side of him. And also he had the like fluffy ginger beard and stuff along those lines as well, which just didn't align with his original character. So when do you think fake... he got rid of the hair? I think I part of me believes he never had hair that long. Or it it went very, very quickly. Like around about like the early two thousands. But only only he knows for certain, I guess. I'm thinking he got rid of it when they did the unmasking and he had, like, the blotches of hair. Yeah, the little tuft at the back of his head. I think the that they probably head. shaved that, and then he just shaved it off later that night. And then he probably just never went back after that. That was probably the weirdest part of the unmasking to me, was like, oh shit, he doesn't have hair either. Like, that just, it came off as weird to me, and as I'm older, it's even more weird and stupid that the hair was fake, you know? I'll break the uh, suspension of disbelief even more. That means that even in this type of a scenario where we're imagining that this undead wizard type guy chooses, out of all the things that he can do in the entire history of, you know, existing, he doesn't want to use his powers for anything other than to fight people in a wrestling ring. But his dead brother who's been alive for these past I don't know, decades and all that kind of stuff he comes back and he's like i i too am going to fight you in a wrestling ring but first let me go to somebody who knows how to make fake hair and a mask <laughs> <laughs> and like just imagine him just sitting there going no i like red give me the red one and uh, no i want black hair uh, it's a little too stringy can you give me the other one yeah i like that wig that looks nice <laughs> like i mean i mean always the voice box attached to his neck at the same time as well which makes it more difficult <laughs> i like the red hair one that's what <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> so good uh let's go to the last isaac one here if scott steiner gets inducted in the hall of fame do you think he'll tell stephanie and triple h to fuck off <sighs> what's the percents chance that he does something like that. Um, 33 and a third? <laughs> I would say 33 and a third, but you see, you've got seven inductees, which means you got to divide 33 and a third by seven, which means you've probably got like a point sixty eight chance of getting inducted. And I, honestly, I don't ever see this one happening. That's no, not happening. <laughs> not until he's dead. Maybe yeah. even not then. Yeah, he's he has a, a very big knack of just pissing anybody off. And it's usually Triple H is the one that's the mediator to come in to like smooth the the get smooth the any issues over between like Vince and previous employees. But Scott Steiner's got problems with every single member of the McMahon family, so I think it's unlikely that he's gonna go in. Which means the Rick's never gonna go in probably until he's dead as well, which is a shame. Yeah, like I don't know, 20 years from now, they induct them as, like, legacy award people and just, oh, the Scott the Steiner brothers, they did some stuff. Here you go. Here's clips of them from WCW. The end. Uh, let's go to guest five. A lot of these are based off of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff, so if anybody wants to tap out on them, then by all means. Uh, 
so with this, actually, you know, I'm going to read all of uh, these questions because they're all kind of, I'm not going to read every single one of them, but I'm going to read a, a group of these and kind of lump them all together because we're probably going to repeat some of the same similar things. So guess five, he says, so with this Disney Plus streaming service coming out this year, what Marvel stuff would you like to see it uh, in the bar of the already planned Loki, Scarlet Witch and Vision, Falcon and Winter Soldier series? Do you think that the other TV shows will be brought over eventually? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cloak and Dagger, Defenders, etc.? Marvel's Kevin Feige announced a new show will air on Disney Plus. Uh, Silver Surfer, if that's the case, who would you cast for the role? He also announced that the Blade character will be introduced in Disney Plus shows. Where would you introduce his character? Personally, I'd have him show up in Season 4 of Daredevil or Punisher Season 3. I can imagine them working in a scene with Punisher, Blade, and Ghost Rider. How awesome would that be? Are there any other lesser-known characters that you would have Marvel give a TV show to? So it's lumping these all together because there is crossover between them. Uh, to address one thing, what types of shows would you like to see? I personally look at this as any character at this point from the MCU is like, go ahead and do it. Like they pretty much can do no wrong and they've made a couple mistakes here and there, like the Mandarin thing, but out of 10 plus years of working on these movies, it's been primarily, they get to ca uh, capture the spirit of the characters perfectly. They make some really good changes to certain characters. Like Ultron being a Tony Stark thing is so much better than Hank Pym. Fuck that whole idea. So I love the way that they work on this. And if they announce anything, I'm going to fucking watch it. Uh, I would love to see something weird like Impossible Man incorporated at some point. If you don't know what Impossible Man is, go ahead and check him out. He's kind of like Marvel's Mr. Mixus Spitlick or however you fucking pronounce it. That's how I pronounce it. But I'm, I'm interested in this idea. Uh, I don't think that the Defenders and the Netflix people are coming over because they've said that that's not necessarily going to be the case, but I, I want them to. But I want them to come over in a different capacity. I want a Heroes for Hire series. I don't want Jessica Jones in a whole another season and Luke Cage in a whole another season. I want all of them lumped together as Heroes for Hire in one show. I think that that's going to make things tighter. I want a show that's on the darker side where it's Blade, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Morbius like the more supernatural side of things. I think that that would be kind of cool. I would also be interested in maybe a Hulk spinoff. You incorporate Betty Ross, Doc Samson, Rick Jones, Red Hulk, Abomination, She-Hulk, do that kind of a thing. But the big, big thing, Fantastic Four needs to be a TV show and not a movie. And they need to incorporate the characters that aren't going to be worth putting on the big screen because nobody's going to want to see a Fantastic Four movie where they go, we're doing it again. And the big thing is Mole Man. Nobody gives a shit. So you put it on TV, you incorporate Mad Thinker and Namor. Maybe use that as the backdoor pilot to a Silver Surfer show. And you're going to cast somebody in that? Zachary Quinto. I don't want to see a Silver, a silver Surfer show. I'm sorry. But I will say, if they can do a Fantastic Four show and do it proper, then I will trust them with anything else going forward because the Fantastic Four have been ruined every single time that they've tried this. Um, I like Blade. I like the idea of Blade coming to Disney+. Plus. I actually, 
I want to see more animated stuff from Marvel. I we've talked about this a lot, Tony. The Marvel Spider-Man cartoon from '94 is one of my favorites of all time. I want to see more stuff like that. I think you can do more with the characters when it's animated. So I want to see more like that. Calum, anything you want to pitch in on? Uh, I really don't feel qualified to answer any of these questions. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Mo- Universe movies since the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I'm pretty much like tapped out on naming anybody besides Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk and Fantastic Four and a few other of the main ones that were all, have, that were all too big so they'd have movies rather than television shows. So... Yeah, it it I I I don't profess to be like a huge fan of comic books. I enjoy watching them when they're on, but it's not something that I seek out or really dive into the lore of. So, where do you stand on Tobey Maguire as the best Spider-Man of all time? You mean my opinion? <laughs> I I love Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Damn right it, you do. It was he was he was great in the. I mean, I hate the third movie, but everyone hates the third movie because they just completely bastardized his character. But and the Eddie Brock thing was just atrocious as well. But like the first two movies were great, and then I watched the Andrew Garfield the first movie and realized, yeah, you're not Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> just, thank you. Just immediately. Thank you. Callum knows what he's talking about. Unpopular opinion: Spider Man Two does not hold up, and it sucks. Uh, unpopular suck. opinion: uh. Star Wars eight was better than seven, so <laughs> just 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 throw that out there. Just have him steaming under his collar for a little while longer. Last Jedi so awful. <laughs> the the uh, you know I'll, I'll piggyback off of that though. After the Last Jedi, I don't like the Force Awakens as much either. So <laughs> you know the I, fact that Force Awakens set up Episode eight, I kind of hate that one too now. <laughs> I, I do I, I do find it quite interesting though that obviously with the Disney Plus stuff that's probably just an interesting topic of its own of like finally Disney are getting into this like just the streaming services and things along those lines and the fact that they have this this cacophony of Marvel characters that they could basically just create loads of shows about and considering like you say Tony their track record it's going to be some pretty amazing stuff coming out soon in the in the very near future, it has to be said. Yeah, and one last thing about that that I want to just toss out there for people to, to think about, because it's weird. It's not going to ever happen, but it's weird. What about the idea of Keanu Reeves as Silver Surfer? Oddly enough, that strikes me as something that could fucking work. He's otherworldly and kind of alien and... I don't know. There's something about that that I really like. <laughs> hmm. I like Keanu Reeves, so I'd be down for it. It'd be the I type think... of thing that if they announced it, everybody would be like, wait, what? And then I think that it could work. I'd be interested in like, a comedy parody with loads of different supervillains. Like the real like... lesser known type ones? Yeah, just like... Uh, I'm trying to think of... Because my main knowledge of the uh, Marvel Universe comes through Spider-Man and Spider-Man like animated TV shows and stuff along those lines there was this one that had like uh, who'd create holes and travel through them. Spot. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my god. Just to have like some sort of like just shitty show about him would just be like or just like any of the 
uh, supervillains that just appeared in like one episode as like, okay, we'll just came up with this guy and like, okay, what does he do? Just, just you know, just he can create fire, but only in one really small location at a time. Whatever, it's like, oh, cool, just throw him out and just do a show about his backstory and try and make him appear more impressive than he actually is. They could do that kind of a thing. Either incorporate that into damage control which I think that that show should have actually gotten picked up. I don't know why they didn't do that. Uh, or they could do something like just have I don't know, New Warriors or, you know, any of the, like the Great Lakes Avengers or something like that and just kind of play around with that kind of thing because there's so many. Like, you're never going to incorporate Hypno Hustler in a serious capacity. The best you can do is have Spider-Man, he's listening to a, you know, a new iTunes uh, song and it's called Hypno Hustler or something like little references like that but uh, you you can play around with those kind of things you can have the bar with no name and have like a lot of them hang out together and um, Jack-o'-lantern can be like you know uh, everybody thinks that I'm just a ripoff of the Green Goblin people will be like you're a ripoff of the Green Goblin you drive a fucking glider and you throw pumpkin bombs like what the fuck are you supposed to be you know like they can do that kind of stuff it'd be a lot of fun have a little bit more fun with that kind of thing like and uh, do a little comedy show like that'd be cool um, guess five asked a bunch of other questions though, so let's move on to that what is going on with the DC film universe or whatever it's called these days feels like we need a state of the DCEU address uh, number one it's never been called the DCEU officially and I know that they've said this before and everybody just keeps calling it the DCEU but that never was apparently the case and they did put up something before that it seemed like they were going to be calling it the worlds of DC but then they just stopped doing that so I don't think that they have a name for it and I think it's the same like everything else. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Can, can, can I ask just quickly before obviously move on and discuss this in great deal? What does DCEU stand for? Because I can get DC, obviously DC Comics and the Universe Pop. What's the E doing there? Supposedly that was the DC Expanded Universe or Extended Universe. Oh, uh, okay. More so, I think, Extended Universe. But right. that was never a good name. And it was just some guy on some website decided to call it that and everybody else picked it up. So there's never been like, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe is what they specifically say. DC's never once referred to it as the DCEU. And other people will be like, you know, so what's the next DCEU project you're working on? They'll be like, well, the next thing I'm working on for DC is whatever. But general rule of thumb, DC announces something. They say it's got all the confidence in the world that it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. We were supposed to get a Nightwing film, a Batgirl film, a Birds of Prey film, which is now... Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous ex- whatever something fucking name uh, about Harley Quinn. There was supposed to be a Joker spinoff. There was supposed to be a Joker and Harley Quinn film. There was supposed to be the Batman was supposed to come out like seven times now. Ben Affleck is probably not even going to be Batman anymore. He said that he's not, even though he spent years saying he would be. Um, we were supposed to get a Metal Men uh, movie. We were supposed to get um, a Red Hood movie at some point. We were supposed to get, like, fucking everything. And they literally just announced things as being like, you know, hey, instead of doing a Green Lantern Corps movie, let's say that we're going to do an Atrocitus movie. And then two years later they go, yeah, that's been shelved. It, unless something actually has been filmed, like Shazam. We know Shazam is coming out. Everything else, just assume it's not happening. That's basically what DC films are. 
Let's pivot over to sucks. Yeah, that's basically what it is. DC has no idea what the fuck they're doing. We got a couple Pokemon questions here, and actually today they announced that uh, the next games are going to be Sword and Shield Mm -hmm. instead of Crown and Scepter, and it seems like it's based in the UK. Yeah, which Uh, means that no foreign people are allowed to play the game. Because Brexit, because Brexit means Brexit. So we might uh, talk about that in another capacity. Maybe I'll do something on fanboys related. At the very least, I'm going to chime in on the Weekend Geek. So if you want to know about that, then, you know, whatever. But a couple questions from Guest 5 about uh, some different things like that. In your opinion, who won the legendary battle at Mount Silver between Red and Gold? I am 100% firm Team Red. What about you guys? Red. Uh, Gold. Gold had access to more Pokemon. Well, we don't just, know what Red's been doing over the past few years. He did, what, he did go to Mount... Like. <laughs> well, he went to Mount Silver, so he could have caught anything on the way there. Well, you you played it, the game. You, you you fought against Red or whatever and stuff like that. He just has, like, Gen, Gen 1 Pokemon. Yes, yeah, it's an Espeon. Yeah, but it was an Eevee. He just managed to... Oh my god, it's evolved into a Psychotite. I just forgot to buy the... <laughs> the stones. stones or whatever. <laughs> it just turned into something else. For crazy. But no, I'd, I'd definitely go gold over it. And I'm a, I'm a Gen 2 guy rather than a Gen 1 guy, so I'd, I'd back my boy gold. Agree or disagree? They both lose. Blue comes in and beats the shit out of them. <laughs> mm. Blue's uh, the man, you know. Nah, I like red. Gary was here first. He wins. No, I, I, I just imagine Oak just coming in and just stomping all of them. <laughs> I still don't get why Oak has never been made uh, somebody that you can fight in these games. Like, that was supposed to be the case in the game. He was supposed to be, like, the champion that you fight at the end, but, you know, they fucked around with that. We never talked about this outside of any kind of thing, especially because it's a smart cut moment and stuff, but I really like how in Let's Go that they gave them canon teams, kind of. Like, uh, red, blue, and green that they were just sort of like, all right, each one got a starter and then let's build around that. Like, uh, you know, this one's got my champ and this one's got victory bell or whatever. I really, really like that. So I actually wanted to do a project about that down the line and maybe I'll finish it. But I started to get into like, how would I redo the entire first generation? And then that became like, how do I redo certain Pokemon? And then that became, let me, completely rehaul the entire pokedex and then i was like god damn it i need to sleep so <laughs> you know uh i like that kind of stuff though uh guess five asks where should gen 8 be based on he likes the idea of 18th or 19th century britain well we're getting the uk seems so yeah i don't that know question. what era yeah i don't know what era i think it's, it's just gonna of, be a combination of stuff well sword and shield like suggest it would be some sort of medieval thing but just with modern elements but from what I've seen in like the trailers and stuff like that, it looks like it's a very, I would say, rose-tinted version of what England looks like. So, obviously, a lot more colourful, but with the same like houses attached next to each other and things along those lines, cobbled streets, that sort of thing. It'd be funny if it was just like the perpetual rain was uh, the weather system. <laughs> what What do you guys, obviously, because we're going to be talking about Gen 8, but... Which starter are you most appe- like? Is most appealing to you? Uh, the water one, the one that they said was really timid. Was it called like Sadpole or something? Uh, Sobble. 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 
Yeah. Sadpole yeah. would be a good fucking name. The depressed tadpole. What the hell? There you go. I just made a po- Pokemon. Maybe that's for what you. evolved into. That might be. Fuck. All right. There you go. So they, no, they didn't say go-to. what the eventual uh, typings would be, right? Like, because if that's a fucking firefighting again, I'm gonna be pissed. Well, they they, they obviously they have the fire, the water, and the grass type, but they don't. They haven't said if they have any like other. Uh, abilities yet, or they they'll probably only have those ones for the starters, and then they'll have something different for as they have, as they evolve. But I don't think they've revealed anything about that. Yeah. I mean, I've immediately been taken by the the monkey Grookey. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, usually, I usually never go. I usually never go grass type, but I'm so just like I looked at him and thought, yeah, he's the one, or she, whichever one I get. But obviously, Grookey's the one for me. See, I, I never go, go grass, but. The description of Sobble, I was like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm gonna, that's gonna be mine. <laughs> I never go grass, even though, uh, what's the name of the cute little one that, um, it's like a little, little badger or something from whatever the generation was, the cute little oh. grass one. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like, because some generations just aren't completely blank on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little chipmunk or something. That one's cute. Um, uh, Whatever that one was, it's got like a like a, a little hedgehog kind of look to him. Uh, that little guy, I like that little guy, but Chespin. Chespin, um, uh, yeah, Chespin's cute. So I would have probably picked Chespin, but I don't like grass types at all. So I always feel bad if like I were to pick a grass starter and then just abandon them down the line. <laughs> so I probably would go either the bunny or the uh, the one I keep wanting to call Sadpole. Um, so, but that name. Let me look that up, right? Because don't they call it something like Scorch Bunny or whatever? And that's like School Bunny, yeah. What a fucking lame name! Like, well, it's it's a Fire Bunny. Let's call it a I don't know Fire Bunny. <laughs> what does it go from School Bunny to School Rabbit to School Hare? Is, like, is that what the evolution? I hope that they think of something better. The best name was Pig Knight. That was fucking great. I loved that. When they showed that there was a fire pig, I'm like, if they don't call that pig knight, I'm going to be pissed. And thankfully they did. That was amazing. And then it was the firefighting again. And it was like, ah, you fucked it all up. But just uh, want to read you some internet comments real quick here. that say, I would rather have the Lorax literally shit on my chest and force a gun at, force a gun at me than see Groki in any kind of pain. This is how the internet is <laughs> I love how passionate the Pokemon fans are. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, I see this thing, I'm adopting it, it is now my life, the end. Um, yeah. As far as the, the whole like generation locations goes, now we know that this is pretty much the UK, but in the future, I'm really bad with geography. Like I just do not give a shit. I'm the type of person that I don't want to travel. I don't care about traveling. And even if I did, people would be like, don't you want to go see... Like this castle, and I'd be like, "No, it's a fucking building." Like I've passed by the Empire State Building, I don't know how many times, and I've literally not looked up when I've gone there because I'm like, "It's a building." Like, who cares? Kind of a thing. So, if you're asking me, like, what's an area with a lot of like topography that would be interesting? I don't have the slightest idea, but I would think it would be kind of interesting if they did something like the uh, the coast of like. Incorporate like Las Vegas and Hollywood 
and like the mountains in California and like the different things like that. Cause that's got a wide range of things, but Vegas would be like, you know, game corner type of an area. And you got the beaches, you got Hollywood. So like the Hollywood sign would maybe say some kind of, you know, Pokemon related thing or something like that. And I think that they could do something regarding that. Obviously, like somebody from Spain's going to be like, Spain's great. And somebody from Germany is going to be like, there's a lot of shit in Germany. And But I don't know any of that kind of stuff. I definitely wouldn't say England. But <laughs> that's yeah. just, well, it, it's, it's hard to love this country at this point in time. Let's put it that way. But I'd, I'd say like Scotland, the Highlands and stuff like that would be, probably be quite fun. If I was to go like anywhere, just maybe somewhere like Egypt, maybe. Like go through like a pyramids-based thing. You could probably get a quite a, like around about like the North Africa region. You probably get quite a few interesting locations to do gym battles and stuff along those lines. Lots of uh, ground types. <laughs> <laughs> and another question here. Last question from uh, guest five. I know Wago has done a Nuzlocke of I think Sapphire ages ago. Well, the one episode of it. Oh, he didn't do any more than one episode. God damn it, Wago. Yeah, have you guys ever thought about doing Pokemon gaming on fanboys? Yes, but I don't have the capacity to do any of that kind of stuff. I don't have the time. I don't have the systems. I don't have the games, and I don't have the recording software and the all that kind of stuff like that. But I love randomizer-type things and Nuzlocks and stuff, and I did one on my own before on Black and White 2, and uh, Nidoking was my starter. So I wrecked the fuck out of that game. <laughs> but... I wish that I could do streaming like that because I really like when I'm watching, you know, uh, the idea of like somebody doing like a Nuzlocke kind of a thing. And it's like, all right, your three starters could be between like, say, the, the Sobble and uh, Green Monkey thing and all that. Like, um, you know, you go to pick that, then you're like, all right, my options are, I don't know, uh, Snubble and uh what's the name of the fucking casket one casket ghost one like that thing or Mewtwo and you're like well I wonder what I'm gonna fucking pick you know like if I could do it I would do it for sure have you guys ever thought about doing any of that I would like to but I think especially with the newer ones doesn't Nintendo have like a pretty strict ruling on all of the streaming content regarding their stuff. Mm. They've no they've they've lapsed it a little bit. They're a little bit more like lax with that side of things than they used to be, but they still they still seem to be like, okay, if you're big enough or you have enough followers, stuff like that will let you sh- like stream our game or whatever, but other people maybe you just leave it or whatever. But they're a lot more lax than they used to be. Especially if it goes through Twitch rather than on YouTube. Okay. But, I mean, I I haven't really thought of it just because when I play a Pokemon game, I'm very slow and still weird. And I'll check out everything in, like, minute detail and I'll go back and I'll grind to get levels up and things along those lines. So I think it'd be quite dull to watch, really. Talk to everybody in every town all that? Oh, I don't do that side of things, but, like, just, like, having to... if I'll catch, especially with uh, Let's Go, because it's so, so easy to just catch Pokemon. So I'd just go online just trying to catch as many Pokemon as possible and I'd make sure every Pokemon that I catch gets to level 100 and stuff along those lines and, thing, and things like that. So, okay, so I'm about to battle 
Erica or whatever. So I've got to make sure that I've uh, leveled up all my fire types at one point and stuff like that. And okay, so now I've done the grass type. So now I don't really need the fire types anymore. So they can go back in the box. And now I bring out the water types and start leveling them up, that sort of thing. It'd be incredibly, incredibly dull to watch. <laughs> I go more on the lines of like, um, let me catch whatever, then let me start replacing things, and then let me catch these. Then now I'm on a new town, so hey, fuck you, Bell Sprout, like you know that kind of a thing. Like I don't need you anymore. You got your ass out of the way, and you know Oddish is so much better. Um, I don't know. Maybe in the future, if we have the function, we'll do some kind of thing related to that. If net battle was still a thing, I'd fucking do that. I would figure out a way to do that because that was great. But I don't think that's a thing anymore. Let's go to Peter's question. Since you like the Lion King so much, do you know the hidden meaning behind it? I just can't wait to be king. Simba wants to be the king, but for that to happen, Mufasa must be dead. At that point of singing, Simba is pretty much saying, I can't wait for my dad to die so I can rule. <laughs> this is made worse when Scar convinces Simba he killed Mufasa because he wanted it to happen subconsciously. I never heard that before, but that's fucking funny. Imagine I think that. Might, I just can't I... wait to be king, and when my dad's dead, it's going to be great. <laughs> I think... Somebody might have just made that up. I'm just oh, putting it out there. <laughs> well, jeez, it's like the people that put sex in the um in the stars during the Lion King. Which meant to be, which it meant to be SFX or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's, it says sex. It's obviously the same. But, but yeah, I mean, that movie is going to be fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I I mean it's just along the lines of I I know all those movies are going to be great. But can we make some new movies, maybe as well, to go alongside the? Because I just take like a list of oh, 2019 movies. It's either oh, okay, it's a Marvel movie or it's a movie about a movie that was already made like 30 years ago, whatever. Sequels, reboots, and all that—that's what sells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody asked the question, but since we're talking about the Lion King, the fuck's up with uh, Jafar's voice in the Aladdin thing? That dude does not sound intimidating. He's just like, bring me the lamp. Well, like, well, we talk about like Aladdin, like Will Smith as the genie. It's just, just throws itself out there. It's weird, but I think people will come around. I think I think he'll make it work. It will just be jarring comparing him to Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That's what people have to do. They have to look at this and go, look, it's not going to be the Robin Williams one. And if you separate that, then, then you can enjoy it. But do not like that Jafar voice, not at all. I want my chart to be all like, you know, fuck you, I'm evil kind of a thing, and not getting that with that dude. Jasmine looks hot, though. <laughs> I have to put that out there. Speaking of movies, Peter says, it's all fighting with my family, and I have a lot of the same thoughts as Tony, uh, but here are some things that he didn't mention, which, by the way, everybody, if you have not checked out the Fighting With My Family review on Fanboys Anonymous, go to the Fanboys Anonymous uh, page and the YouTube channel and check that out. He says, what do you think of Naomi being casted white? That, huh? I, I did not know that there was supposed to be somebody that was Naomi in the movie. And if so, I did not catch that they were not only Naomi, but that they were white. Totally went over my head. I, I don't know about that. He says, uh, Paige speaking in real life, not in the movie, and the match being so much longer in the movie. AJ had a bodyguard, Tamina, who wasn't in the film. It pissed me off that they forgot her. Why do you think, that, what do you think that they forgot Tamina? All right, so... um. They skipped over Tamina because nobody would have cared. And in the story, it didn't serve any purpose. Like, they wouldn't have needed to cast somebody to just stand there next to AJ. 
That's the same as why they did the whole thing with like the match being longer, because if they would have made it like a three move thing, it wouldn't have mattered. But they did, did only show a couple moves. Um, the idea of a lot of the things that they skipped in the movie kind of annoyed me, but I understand why they did it as far as making a film. You guys haven't had a chance to see the movie yet, right? I have not seen it yet. Um, I know that you annoyed me when you said that they were using the spinner belt when watching the Attitude Era, just because, like, what a dumb oversight. But I guess this movie yeah. isn't for wrestling fans, so... Well, that's uh, not even a problem with, like, the wrestling fan thing. It's just, if you're the script supervisor and you have a character that's looking at a TV screen and they're trying to replicate it, don't give them something that doesn't look like the thing that's on the screen. Like, the Divas Championship looked like the Divas Championship, but how the fuck is the little kid Zack using a spinner belt, watching the Attitude Era. The spinner belt didn't exist yet, and even if it did, it's the wrong title. Like, they showed, the, they specifically showed The Rock holding up the Attitude Era big gold belt of uh, the big gold eagle one. And it's like, so he created a belt not based off of the thing he's watching? Like, that's just, they had a lot of things like that. Like, the Monday Night Raw logo changing midway through what was supposed to be the same match and stuff like mm. yeah um one thing that i knew from when they filmed the match a year ago or whatever it was aj lee is very easy to duplicate now i don't understand why they just couldn't have zelina wear you know an aj shirt and little jean shorts or whatever like that seems like again another i guess it's not made for wrestling fans but that's an easy oversight to fix yeah i haven't seen it and frankly i don't watch enough movies to put it high on my agenda of things to watch but if i'm only going to watch like five movies a year i'm not going to waste one of them on fighting with my family <laughs> but, no, but you're don't British, see it Callum, in theaters. you gotta you gotta support your people she's not my people my people are, you know, nerds. <laughs> she, she, it's, 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 I, I, basically what you've explained to me just in that really short synopsis, it's littered with, it seems to be, not maybe not littered, but at least has some inconsistencies with what happened in reality, which is going to annoy the fuck out of me as somebody that, if, if more than anything else, likes to have at least some element of historical accuracy if they're doing a quote unquote biopic. But it it seems like it was built to entertain people and it seems to be doing the job. I'm not going to knock it by saying it's a crap movie or anything like that, especially if I haven't seen it. It's just I don't think I'd enjoy it, which is why I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, it's it's not a great movie. Uh, I would recommend people checking it out if they want to check it out. And only when it's not in theaters, don't pay to see it. What do you think of Nikki saying she was in the best shape of her life when she was dancing, not when wrestling? Fucking makes sense. Uh, you know, dancing is something that she obviously needs to work out for, but she probably focused a little bit more on cardio, which sometimes that works better than lifting weights and stuff. She wouldn't be on the road, so she can eat better and rest up more and not beat up her body. So, makes sense to me. I don't know anything about nutrition and shit, though. Boy, sex with Artem must have been great, huh? Who's Artem? Her, Her dance partner. partner, yeah. And in real uh, life, now, I guess. Now. Oh, the whole Total Divas thing and all that, yeah. 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 Well, I think it's just, it, it does make a lot of sense, basically along the lines of 
she would be probably leaner because you want to it's the idea of like obviously looks are important in WWE but you have to have a certain amount of fat as well as muscle to protect yourself through the bumps so you'd make yourself well you wouldn't have to but you'd probably be more lean and working on cardio as you say to do dancing as opposed to wrestling where you need to essentially build your muscle mass up to protect yourself from taking hits in the ring as opposed to now you just need to concentrate on making your body as flexible as possible to do mm-hmm. with dancing stuff. Do you think Daniel Bryan needs new music and a new look? Definitely. Give him a lose like the hair kind of match kind of thing. Uh, whether it's like hair versus mask at Rey Mysterio or he loses the championship to somebody and then it's like title versus hair or something. Trim the uh, goatee, trim the hair, lose Ride of the Valkyries. It's too much of a babyface thing, I think. I'd say yes on the music. I think the music needs to change and become something a little bit more heel-centric. I'm fine with the look, though, because the look doesn't feed into the fact that his character has changed. He's always been an environmentally friendly guy. It doesn't really need to necessitate a change of his look because he looks like a... He looks like the sort of guy that would talk down to you about how your what your carbon footprint is like already. Whereas the music is like it has too much connotations of the yes chant and things along those lines. So yeah, that changes, but looks fine for me. Agreed. Look is fine. The music can change. And maybe no music because noise pollution. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. I like that. Go ahead and do that. What match at WrestleMania do you want to see? And you know that you won't. Beer Money versus American Alpha and John Cena versus Becky Lynch are Peter, uh, Peter's picks. Uh, I wrote down a couple things here. Some of them I'd have to ignore just because, I mean, that's not even a potential option kind of a thing. Like Undertaker versus Sting. Sting's not wrestling anymore, so it's not happening. And then we start getting into the whole, like, you know, Andre versus Big Show and like that, you know, whatever. But I tried to limit myself to certain things. I really wanted the potential for AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and the Good Brothers to fight Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. I really wanted that, and it's never going to happen. I, like, possible things that still could, but won't. AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. If it does happen, it's not going to be for the Universal title. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Daniel Bryan. I don't know if I really think that that's going to happen. Triple H versus Tommaso Ciampa might happen, but I don't think so. Samoa Joe against John Cena. They seem to just perpetually not want to do that match. And I don't think at this point you can do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, because I think that Roman would need to be the heel, and I don't think that they can turn him heel anymore. Well, I don't think they can turn him heel yet, but I think they can definitely turn him heel at some point. And... We might get that match. Um, For me, I would like to see a Rock and Triple H match. Now, I'm going basic here just based off of matches that I always enjoyed, feuds I always enjoyed that should have been at WrestleMania. Rock and Triple H one-on-one for me is one of them, as well as a John Cena Edge match. We never got that one-on-one at WrestleMania, and I think it's ridiculous. And... I would also like to see the Shield triple threat. I don't know if we're going to ever get that. 
at WrestleMania. We got it once. It wasn't great. But I don't know if we'll ever get it again. Trying to think in the sense of the the one that sprung to mind. And it's difficult because I don't know if we won't see this, but it was Oscar against Shayna Baszler. Just because I think that would be, in terms of obviously the women's matches, the biggest one would be obviously the headliner, the main event match is going to be the one that gets all the the attention. But if you just want to make the SmackDown match stand out as much as possible and make it a match that people actually go enjoy watching, then that's probably the best way of doing it. But I can't say for certain that that's not going to happen. I don't know what their plans are for it because I don't think they know what their plans are for it. But one that I know we definitely won't see would probably be something on the lines of because we know we're going to get Triple H versus Batista. That means we're not going to get Batista versus The Rock or Batista against uh, Lesnar or Batista against Strowman or something on those lines. They're not saying that the Triple H-Batista match won't be great or at least won't be well put together between those two, but we've seen it before and we've seen it when they were both in better shape and both a lot younger. So it'd be interesting to see if they can make it better when they're 10 years older or over 10 years older at this point, nearly 15. You know, I think they can because a lot of their initial matches were solely based on let's make Batista look really strong. And for whatever reason, even though Triple H at that era is known for burying people, he really put Batista over like I had never seen him put somebody over before. So I think we'll get a different match for sure. Final question from Peter. What do you think of Triple H treating the fri- the five brands as territories more than brands? I think it's the right mentality, but it's uh it's not gonna work under triple uh under Vince McMahon. Like do you think he really thinks two oh five live is anything other than just like some side project he doesn't pay any attention to? It's not a separate brand. I yeah, the thing is when Triple H does take over, he'll start into like spursing people like going from one territory to the other essentially of like okay so you've had a good run on SmackDown or whatever but you've gone a little bit stale so maybe you go to NXT for a little while uh it's difficult with 205 Live and NXT UK because there's certain restrictions with them in the sense of like geography and weight limits and stuff along those lines but I think at least between the three main shows of Raw NXT and SmackDown, especially if NXT does manage to get onto like an FS1 or something along those lines, you'll start seeing characters pop up on all different shows. Well, Cassius Ono is now part of NXT UK. And um, Noam Dar, they did something where they officially said like he's moving from 205 Live to NXT UK. So well, I, Triple I, H has already started doing that kind of thing. So oh, you're right about that. Oh yeah, but it's along the sense of Cassisono could probably be in NXT UK because he's only been in NXT, but you can't really see someone like, well, wow, Roman Reigns is now in NXT UK or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> so there's, there's certain restrictions to that regard, but it, it's cool to have some sort of fluidity between it because it prevents characters from getting as stale as they have done in recent years. And for me, you know, I think Triple H is doing a wonderful thing by turning the NXT systems and the brands that he's in control of into a territory. You know, he let Akira Tozawa work some independent promotions. He lets, you know, Velveteen Dream work for Evolve. And as long as they're not working Raw or SmackDown, they can do these indie shows. And I think it's good. And I think it's another example of 
what Triple H saw growing up and how he's implementing that into the business and why Triple H is just so great. And let's move to Frankie's questions. If Roman Reigns is added to the match for the Universal title at WrestleMania, would you be a fan of that? Again, this is another thing that we're going to talk about in more detail if something pops up and stuff, but I'm going to keep it pretty general here. Would you like it if it was a triple threat? I say no. Yes. Yes to being no or yes to... No, yes to being like, (laughs) I like it a lot. Uh, No. Like, you shouldn't just force it in. That's the big issue in the sense of you force Roman Reigns in, everyone starts getting suspicious. And there's already enough, like, and I know it's all, like, bullshit and people saying all those lines, but there's already enough suspicion out there of, like, oh, was this a work? Was this actually, did he actually have cancer? Or was his cancer as bad as everyone assumed it was going to be? Or anything along those lines. You throw him into the Universal title match, any goodwill you're building up, it slowly starts to dissipate very quickly. Well, here's Mm. my thing with that. Like, fuck people who are skeptical. Just because they don't want to believe that people within wrestling do anything outside of it. But doesn't this, wouldn't Roman Reigns going into that match, whether it's like, the whether it's for the Skeptical out, doesn't it just completely shit on everything that Rollins has done this year? Plus, it also makes it seem like, God damn it, we finally started to get people to cheer for Roman, and you're going to go straight to... Let's do the thing that we did before where we're making him the top guy and all the other kind of stuff. And there's a chance that people will just go, fuck, I didn't even have a month before you started to push him down my throat again like that. It's just the idea of like Roman's not a dick and he shouldn't be portrayed as any sort of dick. So the idea of like him entering the Universal Championship match just makes it seem like he's treading on Roman's toes. Like at the end of the day, he hasn't. It's great. He's obviously beating cancer and that's fantastic, but he hasn't earned a title match and Rollins won the rumble. You can't do anything be- beyond like, okay, we're just going to hold another Royal rumble and have Reigns win it. Cause nothing else that Reigns can do can earn him that. That I, sort of stand of the match. Unfortunately, I don't know. See, I think that they could get around that pretty easily. I think that all they need to do is Brock Lesnar beats the shit out of Seth Rollins. They say that he's too injured. He can't compete. And Rollins endorses Roman Reigns, and then they they bring up the idea that Reigns never lost the title; he vacated it. No, well, that's that, even worse. That sounds. I'm, too I'm close not saying to that. Hart, well, I'm saying we we shouldn't do that, but I think that that's how they would do it. As far as crapping on Rollins, unfortunately, I think even with Lesnar being the champion, Rollins was in a shitty spot anyway because. So much attention was just on the women. And now that we know Roman's back, and now that we know we are getting Triple H, Batista, and even with this groundswell of the Kofi Kingston thing, wherever that might lead, Rollins is in a pretty shitty situation regardless. Um, The reason I like it is because, in my head, the alternative is Brock beats Rollins anyway, and then Reigns just beats Lesnar anyway. So, like, let's just do it at mania and we'll figure out the rest of it because i think it's worse to have rollins get there to this moment and lose just to give it to roman than to have roman be added into the match and then it can be like this tit for tat like hey well you know seth you were added into my match with brock and i never lost the belt so 
maybe it's time I return the favor or something along those lines. I guess we're going to be able to see uh, probably the night after Fastlane. It seems like we're getting some kind of like three-man, four-man, five-man, six-man, one-whatever kind of thing going on with... uh, Might be a 10-man tag team match. It might be five-on-five. I don't know. Who do you want to have a biopic that doesn't have one already? Um, I'm assuming that this is more on the wrestling side of things, but before getting into wrestling, and this is not necessarily a biopic, but uh, if you've not seen American Crime Story of uh, the O.J. Simpson one and the Gianni Versace one, the Versace one I don't think is as good, and I just am not as much interested in Versace, so maybe that's the case, but I want an American Crime Story on the Jean Benet Ramsey death. If that counts as a biopic, then you know, put that out there. But uh, we'll get into the wrestler side. Do you guys have any that aren't non-wrestling? First, let me say O.J. Simpson was really good. I liked Versace as well. I would like to see something along the lines of a series, but on Kurt Cobain. Hmm. And maybe even like a Hendrix or something along those lines. And I'm surprised one hasn't been done for Martin Luther King yet. Oh, they had the Salem one. See, I'm wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, it's along the lines like I could probably say a lot of people, but I don't know whether there have been biopics made of them or not because there just seems to be so many nowadays. But like in a sporting-based one, like a Michael Jordan biopic would be interesting, just along the lines of why why did he actually leave the nba for those two years just like to actually dig into that side of things but you would know that he probably wouldn't allow that sort of information to go out so you just get a a very uh like different view of it like one that he wants to present more than the one that's actually aligned with the truth maybe a trump one when he passes away trump would be very good uh trump has to have a biopic at some point and it's going to be like vice where it's just like let's just you know, let's address the fact that this guy's problematic. <laughs> uh, I can't think of many other ones like off the top of my head. I'd need to do some serious hard thinking for that one. But wrestling I'd be, related? I'd be curious about a Quentin Tarantino one. I don't know really what the story would be, but he's he's a fucking character. I'd like so. it if it, was, if it was framed in all these different movies. Like it tells his actual story, but it's framed in his different yeah. movies. That'd be cool. Um, Spike Lee. Did they do one on Spike Lee? I don't know. I wouldn't see it, though. I'm not a big fan of Spike Lee. I'd see it. But Stan, Stanley. Absolutely. Stanley, they have to do one. Yeah. 100% they have to do one. And I have no idea who could play him. That's that's a tough tale. Mm. So on the wrestling side of things, uh, I'm going to toss out a couple ideas here that I had written down. Um, yay or nay on what you guys think. Ric Flair. Yay. If it's done right, see, this is the big issue with the idea that every wrestling biopic I've ever seen is shit, and it's absolutely terrible. Like, have you seen the Jesse Ventura biopic? No. I didn't even know you had one, actually. No, you. well, I would avoid it. Like, it's probably best that you haven't seen it because he just, I mean, it, it doesn't, essentially, they do a scene in it. I mean, I just need to explain this. They just do a scene in it where Jesse Ventura is commentating during the Montreal screw job. Oh, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so, 
So that, that's basically all you need to know about that one. The Sting one is terrible as well. I've seen the Sting one. Yeah, I didn't know the Sting had one either. It's even worse with the Sting one because Sting's in it. It's like at least Jesse Ventura came out and said that he doesn't endorse the uh, the biopic they made of his life, but the, the Sting one's even worse because he's in it and it still was bad. That's the one where it's all about his coming to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, great. No wonder I didn't see it. But, but Ric Flair, as long as it, as long as Ric Flair is like either agreeing to or he's not in position to agree to, and all the stuff does come out, then it would be an amazing biopic. You'd have to go through. I mean, with any of these names that I'm putting out there, I'm putting out there the idea that they're honest, okay, and not that it's like you know whatever. Because if they do the kind of like edit hack and slash job that they did with like page then fuck it i don't want to see any of them but in which case we definitely definitely won't enjoy the uh, hulk hogan one <laughs> probably but just uh, i'll enjoy the hulk hogan one see how badly he lies about the certain stuff <laughs> that's going to be interesting too and it's yeah. <laughs> instead of like his kid having the car accident thing it's going to be that like his kid was an ass car driver and won the indy 500 and yeah. stuff like uh andre the giant yeah definitely. yeah I'd be amazed to see who they could get to play him though. God it knows. Is. It's gotta be Big Show. It just... would have to be Big Show. Like there's I, I would else. think I would think it would have to be just trickery and get somebody else to do the part and you know, film it different angles and CGI and stuff. No, yeah. Tony, it's gonna be the big show and then Bollywood is gonna do one starting the great Kali and it's gonna be <laughs> fantastic. Uh I want a McFoley one. Ooh. That'd be fun. Yeah. I would really like, and I know that it's in the production, um, a Chris Benoit one. Oh, but it's like that's dicey. That that is a dicey one. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that. The other one is almost kind of a combination thing. I kind of want one that's a co-story of Sean and Brett. Like tell Sean's rise, tell Brett's rise, show their hatred for each other and all that i don't know how you'd be able to pull it off i don't know if maybe this is like a shared universe thing like you do a Shawn michaels one and a bret hart one and they both lead to the point where that's their avengers thing and it's the montreal screw job like i don't know like but i kind of think sean and brett by themselves maybe could even have one because brett's story you got growing up with Stu, you got the montreal screw job you got owen hart's death you got the goldberg kicking the head you got the Vince McMahon return. You got with Michaels, you've got the drugs and Sonny and being the champion and the whole religious side of things and all that. I think both of them could pull it off, but I would almost kind of want them to be like, let's have a little crossover here because Civil War worked with Stark and uh, Rogers. So. <laughs> well, what do you think about one on the Von Erics? Ooh, I wouldn't story. be all that interested because I'm not a big Von Eric guy, but Callum gave me the reaction I was expecting. Well, yeah, if you like, like we said, if you have been listening to the last fan and stuff like that, talking about their history and things along those lines, that's a tragedy just waiting to happen. Really, it'd be a, it'd be an. I I think it would open a lot of people's eyes to. This idea of like when people just hear the Von Erics think, oh, it's just like a good tag team thing down in Texas, whatever. But it would be a really eye opening experience to a lot of people that don't know the story as well as it, it is. Down my kid. That'd be an interesting one as well. I think, I think when I heard, I heard like Meltzer talking about the idea of like a, a, a movie based around the, the Dynamite Kid, he basically said, 
like even if you did it 100 real people wouldn't believe that was true that's so so that's always a good indication there would be an interesting story i was thinking um eddie guerrero would be an interesting one just basically due to the fact that how his life completely derailed and how he managed to get back like to like being with his family and reasonably straight laced in terms of drugs but obviously taking steroids and all of that side of things but i don't know like obviously wwe would have to kind of allow the idea of them telling the story of how he, he essentially died because of the amount of steroids he was taken and that he was pressured into doing that because he was uh not, not pressured by wwe but he was pressured by himself by the fact that he thought that he couldn't be a main eventer if he did if he looked as small as he did you know what? That's one of them that I wouldn't mind reading subtitles for. If they did it in Mexico through a Mexican... Uh, well, I, don't, well, I don't know why they would do that, considering the fact that he's from Texas. So well, probably... no. But I feel like that culture would want to do this, and if you do it on the American side... Look, I'm just going to say it. I think that in death, Eddie Guerrero's legend just blew up. And... There's this idea that, you know, oh, it's such an inspiring story. But I like the stuff beforehand, like Helen was saying. He took all those steroids because there was that always that pressure within himself because of the perception of guys like him. And I would even argue that bleeds into the Benoit thing as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's also, shared universe. <laughs> well, I was also thinking along a similar vein, Brian Pillman. Ooh, mm. yes. He is one of the true innovators at a time when obviously the wrestling landscape was changing, but he was so far ahead of his time and gone far, far, far too soon. What but about Austin? I, d- I don't know I don't, what the story I don't know would really the, be. I, yeah, I don't know how interesting it is really because he's interesting in terms of his private life, but if you want to watch a movie about a guy who's going through three, three or four divorces, I don't really know. <laughs> how exciting that side of things would be because the rest of the stuff seems reasonably routine. I mean, the, the interesting thing about story, the Austin story, we saw play out when he actually, as his character, the rest of Austin seems to just be a very miserable guy. Um, at, least, at, least until, at least until like recent years of stuff along those lines. Um, the Rock is an obvious one. <laughs> That's just a success story. There's no like conflict. Well, <laughs> He's no, just, like... there is. Like, there's the conflict is the die, Rocky die stuff and things along those lines. I guess. Really. Well, and it's the fact like... that you know he had the like he had the up and down relationship with his dad. The fact that uh, he always tells that story about how he and his mom had the eviction notice because you know they weren't making a lot of money. You could spin it to where it might be actually an interesting story to watch i mean listen no disrespect to her i love Paige, but if Paige got a movie i could definitely see a pretty good one about the rock what i can see the rocks movie being like i'm good at this i'm good at that i'm good at that people don't really like me for like a little bit but then I turn around and I become even better because of that. And then I just kick everybody's ass yeah. for a bunch of years. And then it's just sort of like. What, a, what about Bruiser know. Brody? Just Isn't that kind of more of just a one one kind of thing, though? Well, like, just could have. The death had, is like the hinge. And that's about. Well, I guess that's, well, that's the same the with Benoit. He had, he had an incredible career as well. It's like, I know obviously most people nowadays won't be aware of it, but he toured Japan. He was a huge star in the US as well. It was like. And he was a guy that. 
essentially like a rebel without a cause almost character where he would play by his own rules. Nobody would tell him that we need you to job to this guy he says, well, fuck you. If you want me to job to this guy, if I don't think it's right, then I won't do it. And you can't do anything because I'm not going to tie myself down to any organization. And then obviously it leads to the murder and then everything like surrounding that as well. But like you said, the Benoit thing is Benoit had an interesting career as well, but it all just culminates in that one thing. Otherwise, let's say that incident with Benoit never happened. You probably wouldn't feel that interested in making a documentary about him. Or if it was a documentary, it would just be, or a biopic, it would just be a feel-good story about a kid from Edmonton that lived his dreams to become a wrestler. And that's yeah. pretty pretty vanilla, really. Terry what Funk. about Jerry? Good. Terry oh. Funk? Just like, think about how long that guy has been doing it. All the crazy shit he put his body through. Like, there's got to be some interesting stories there. I'd rather see a Chainsaw Charlie movie. <laughs> what about Jerry Lawler? Oh, that's savage. Ah, all the underage sex. <laughs> well, you got you got a lot of controversy. You got the Andy Kaufman stuff that you can kind of piggyback off of a little bit. You got the, uh, you know, the fact that he still fucking wrestles. Like, yeah, that would, that, would, that would definitely be an interesting one. I think like. More for more of an admin based thing, like a Jim Ross story would be quite interesting as well. Just like it's sort of it's a framing of like the guy that was kind of there for all of the big incidents, but just through like seeing it in his own perspective and stuff along those lines. If you go um, to the movies and you get a pack of Skittles, you get something free with it. You got actually the barbecue flavor that he wanted all those years. What about, and I'll probably just end it on this one because I know we've talked about this one quite a bit, but Eric Bischoff. You know, I was thinking Eric Bischoff. I like the idea. Or Vince Russo, maybe. A Vince Russo one would be quite interesting, just along the lines of what he would try and do spinner about it. You'd almost Bro- have to have someone who knows Vince Russo rather than the Vince Russo like planning it out. Yeah, because if you watch a Vince Russo biopic and he's got his hands in it, it's like, I created Austin. I told Vince to screw Brett. It's like, it would be yeah. everything yeah. like that, yeah. Everything that was a thing that happened would be like, you know, uh, he's backstage going, yo, why don't you call yourself The Rock instead of Rocky Maivia? Like, just everything like that. I think Nero Bischoff won during the rise of WCW and then just watching it fall, like, spectacularly would probably be just quite an interesting viewing thing. Dusty Rhodes, maybe. Oh, yeah, Dusty as well. I mean, I think there's, like, tons as well, but it's just along the lines, it has to be completely factual and truthful to make it interesting. Jake the Snake. I don't know if there's enough for Jake, Jake, uh, oh, Jake the Snake. I think there's plenty for Jake the Snake. There, well, eventually, yeah, a lot of alcohol was involved. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be the uh, same story over and over, though? Like, just he's, you know, on the wagon, off the wagon, on the wagon, off the wagon, and then that's it? Like, what, like... Well, no, there, there's stuff with sexual abuse from his father and stuff. But, I mean, like, what pinpoint moments do you make, like... With Paige, for instance, they do the whole, like, she's doing the stuff with her family, she gets signed to NXT, she goes to the main roster, wins her championship. Like, that's kind of like, they they outline it through those anchor points, and it's like, for Jake, it's sort of like, alright, I go away for a while, and come back, and lose to Austin, and like, you know, like, that kind of a thing, there's... I think he didn't, like, have, like, a come back and win this thing. I guess the Hall of Fame would be, like, the end of that. I just think it's... It's a, it's you need to be familiar with his story and like it's the idea of like I'm not gonna say that I'm any expert in his story or anything on those lines, but I'm sure there's a lot more interesting side of things than 
we would know on the surface, or at least just based on his WWF run. And last one, because we didn't say it, Vince. Oh, that's just a given. Well, that's, yeah, it's pandemonium or whatever it's along the lines that's still been in, well, been in discussion. Yeah, but have you later. heard the script for that? Well, it's it's not going to be real, is it? It's not going to be... It's it's not going to be an actual reflection of what Vince Man is like. It's, it's very much not, but there's a lot of sex, at least according <laughs> to the first uh, draft of it. Any crushed leaves? No crushed leaves, surprisingly. Oh, but Linda is very forward in the movie. Oh. That, that would uh, be completely opposite of what Linda is in real life. I'm sure it would be. <laughs> Do, uh, they, uh, is she like being casted? Like Casting for her, do they try different types of wooden boards? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it the oak or the pine? Or is it... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on here to what do you think of the Hardy Boys reuniting? Actually, you know what? The Hardy Boys might be an interesting biopic. I'm thinking about that. Um, I agree with that. And it's fucking weird, man. What the hell? I like that they're back together. Matt Hardy looks in great shape. Like, well, comparative to the old Matt Hardy. <laughs> yeah, he, that's probably the best shape he's been in in the past 10 years. It's um, amazing what not wrestling will do for you. <laughs> yeah, there's more people should not wrestle. Uh, on a regular basis, but I think at this point in their careers, they they obviously can continue to be singles competitors and different things. Like we could get Jeff in a feud and we can Matt in a side feud and stuff. But I think that their gimmick is they're a tag team and they're going to go into the Hall of Fame as a tag team, not as singles competitors. They don't need to beat their bodies up as much anymore, and tag team wrestling helps with that. And look, Jeff Hardy's not going to be main eventing WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. But the Hardy Boys can go into WrestleMania and fight for the tag team titles. That's great. It helps out the tag team division. Like, I'm all in when it comes to Hardy Boys being back together. And we don't have uh, the, the leaders of worlds anymore, so it's even better. Where? Yeah, I'm totally happy with it. Has Bray Wyatt been out the whole year? Pretty He's much. been out since they, uh, I think, like a week after they dropped the tag titles. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to potentially seeing the Hardy Boys against the Usos for the tag team championships. That'd be quite good. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, gotta be showtime for it. I know they're old, but that needs to be a ladder match. It might be. You get some kind of gimmick to it. You know, it's not gonna be like, well, we have to make sure we invest in the good brothers and sanity and stuff. So Usos versus the Hardy Boys seems to be the thing that's heading towards the WrestleMania. And uh if you're the clones and you're just gonna be in the Andre, and that's gonna be it. Nope. And then you throw Shane and Miz in there and the the match becomes, okay, who's going to kill themselves first, Shane or Jeff? Triple threat ladder match would yeah. happen. Maybe try, uh, Fatal 4-Away with the bar in there. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm down for it. What do you think of Walter so far? I have not seen a single Walter match yet, honestly. Walter's great. Yeah, it's... It- He's he's not going to be flashy, but what he does is incredibly effective. And the fact that that match between him and Pete Dunne is probably the match I'm most looking forward to seeing all year, and it will happen eventually. Uh, isn't that already been confirmed for the it's takeover been, show? Okay, I was going to say it's spoilers. Yeah, it's been confirmed for New York. That match is going to be fucking incredible. Like that match has the potential to steal the weekend, and there's a lot going on that weekend. It annoys me that his name's all in caps. Well, damn it, Tony, he's Walter! <laughs> he's not 
Walter. He's Walter. It's just sort of like somebody left the caps lock on and it, it bugs me. This is a little bit of a play of the game, but why not? Marry, fuck, kill, road dog, billy gun, and X-Pac, which is like, oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah, this is. <laughs> um, I say marry, billy gun, fuck, X-Pac, kill, road dog. Sorry, road dog, I'm marrying X-Pac, I guess I'll fuck billy gun and kill road dog. Uh, marry road dog, because he's making that Smackdown right of money. Uh, I guess... Fuck Billy Gunn because I know where X Pac has been and kill X Pac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where you hit the emergency fourth option of opt out. Be <laughs> nope. fuck Billy Gunn because he's an ass man. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, yeah, not not a fun one. Who did that? This is uh Frankie. Yeah, fuck oh. you, Frankie. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Awful. Uh, let's see. Do you think Jimmy Hart will induct Honky Tonk Man? Since we did the hot tags, they hadn't announced Honky Tonk Man, but yes, Honky Tonk Man is going into the Hall of Fame this year, and I have to assume it's either uh Jimmy Hart or Jerry Lawler who inducts him, right? Well, Jerry Lawler's probably the host, isn't he? So he might not be though. They didn't uh, specify that. No, but I- I'm going with the assumption that he is, and so Jimmy Hart makes the most sense. Or I'm trying to think of anybody else doing it. Maybe DDP because of the like driving the limo to the ring isn't wait isn't jimmy hart getting re-inducted well they haven't confirmed that yet if they don't confirm that then yeah jimmy hart but uh i don't know it might need to be jerry lawler because all the people that like honkatonk man feuded with in wb are like dead now aren't they yeah like it can't be warrior can't be savage maybe maybe steamboat elias Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> no, just no, like I anyone like, we can tell. I, I like Elias. But Elias doesn't probably doesn't know who we well, probably knows who Honky Tonk Man is, but like probably you've never spoken to him at all. You want somebody that at least has some connection to him. So Jerry Elvis L- Presley does. <laughs> yeah, he comes well. back because he's apparently been living on an island for like two hundred years because people are stupid enough to think that he would still be alive. And uh Tupac does as well. Fuck it, Billy Gun, Rockabilly, baby. Jeez. Uh, this is one of the would you rather ones that Frank can't put out there. He, he suggested a bunch of them, and I only picked a couple because uh, you know we don't want to make this too long. But would you rather be three feet shorter or three feet taller? Taller for sure. Yeah, taller. I can't really go much shorter. Yeah, I can't get much shorter at all. Uh, <laughs> three feet taller. I don't want to be eight ten, but at the same time. I wouldn't want to be 210. Well, here's the thing. So. You make me three feet taller, and then I'm playing Giant Gonzalez in a biopic. Okay? Yeah, right. Like, if you're taller, you can get, you know, basketball deals and shit like that and stuff. When you're shorter, people make fun of you, and, you know, it's a, that's just not a good thing. Yeah. The- if you ask Big Show, Big Show will probably say three feet shorter. <laughs> if you ask Alexa Bliss, she'd probably say... What do you think? Show me your abs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she'd actually go for shorter because she's one of those Disney girls and she'd be like, I'm Tinkerbell now. <laughs> she could ride her pet pig. Oh. Yeah. Well, she'd probably practically do that now. Yeah. Um, that's not, don't speak ill of uh, Buddy that's Murphy a weird, like that. Yeah, I was just, that's a weird thing to call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's see. Would you rather discover the cure for cancer or would you rather 100% know if God is real? I'm going to be selfish and say I'd rather know if God is real. As much as the cure for cancer will help other people and potentially myself, people die from other things than cancer. And it would drive me nuts to go, fuck, I found the cure for cancer and people were dying from AIDS where people were for dying from heart attacks or something. Or I discovered the cure for cancer and I can't distribute it. But at least if I know if God is real, I'm either adjusting my life on the positive or the negative side of that. And ultimately, if like the answer is yes, and there is like a heaven and all this other kind of stuff, then I can spend the rest of my life knowing that the people that I love are going to go somewhere good. And then I won't worry as much about death. And to tie that all in, I think if you know God is real, then you can be like, all right, so uh, why the need for cancer here? What are we doing here? Like, why are people suffering? So I'm going to go with, I'd rather know if God is real. 100% would rather discover the cure for cancer. Oh, God. You help, <laughs> you help people, and I'm pretty, like, I'm almost 100% convinced that God isn't real, because there's enough explanations to explain why people would create a God, in the sense of, oh, yeah, you create this mystical being because you want to keep serfs down in lower levels and have the, give the assumption that oh all their hard work is going to be worth it in the end when actually mm-hmm. you're just uh, making light of their suffering so you take the advantage and I can understand like a cult doing that and getting a huge amount of popularity so that's that's basically my like summation of what I believe God to be a construct used to keep people in their place whereas it cure for cancer you just you could just help millions of people immediately and be and you become a god essentially because you just created the cure for this entire disease which has been racking people for centuries wow well, you never what? really know about some of these caveats though it could be you discover the cure for cancer when you're in the shower and you get up to go tell everybody and you slip on the fucking bar of soap <laughs> and kill yourself and then well, what's the point you know what's, what I mean? the, what's the caveat of like knowing that god is real like you might know that god is real but you don't know whether the god is a christian god or a jewish god or anything along those lines you just know he's real just yeah, like it point. could be anything it's like oh so do i stop uh, do I have to start worshipping my pig or my cow or anything along those lines? Like, what God is it? It's like, well, you just wanted to know God is real. He's real. It's like, oh, but for which one? You need to let me know. <laughs> this is like some weird genie trick where it's yeah. like, God is re- God is real and God is the cure for cancer. Go find it. And then you're like, fuck, I didn't ask that. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, really quick, just because you disagreed with us on that one. One of the other ones that I uh, actually nixed from this was, would you rather give up wrestling now or give up pizza forever now? And I know that you would be like, oh, fuck oh, yeah, it, give up I'll pizza. get rid of pizza. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'd give up wrestling. <laughs> I would shoot myself. <laughs> well, then you give up both. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't choose. I think I, I love wrestling to death, but... I can't imagine a life without pizza. No, but then there could be a caveat of congratulations, you have pizza for the rest of your life. It's only Papa John's, and then you just fuck it, I should kill myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah, at that point, then, screw it. Well, then, there's a caveat of, like, you only get wrestling for life, but it's, I don't know, women are wrestling. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No! And I mean the Uh, old women are wrestling, not the new one. New one's fine. Food-related, uh, I'm going to skip and then come back, but um, Frankie asks, what's your, what's your favorite kind of eggs? I go scrambled if I'm eating breakfast food. Like, if I go to a diner and I'm getting, like, pancakes and shit, I get scrambled. But if you're putting it on a sandwich, I go fried. Scrambled. Just, I'm 
not a big fan of eggs, and if I eat them, they have to be scrambled. I got the little fried eggs from Harry Bows. They were nice. Harry Yeah, little Harry Bow fried eggs. As in the you company that makes the like children's Gummy candy? Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that there was a Haribo egg thing. No, I did not. Alright, well Is that I... like the Cadbury? Like that kind of thing? No, not a Cadbury, because that's a that'd chocolate. Be chocolate. I don't that's a... Yeah. I, it's basically goes on the lines I don't eat eggs. So which I was trying to avoid giving that response because it's trying to build up to the point of what the fuck do you actually eat? So I <laughs> want to avoid this sort of discussion. <laughs> uh, well, next question from uh, Frankie is what the fuck do you actually eat? <laughs> yeah, well, just because it's like, it's like, say, oh, what's your favorite type of chocolate? Don't eat chocolate. What's your favorite type of pizza? Don't really eat pizza. What's your favorite type of eggs? Don't eat eggs. It's like. Oh, so it's a little gummy fried eggs. Yeah. I just it... Googled it. Huh. Yeah. And then not it's a, because they're made of sugar. So it's, it's... I'm not a big gummy guy. So. <laughs> so if we go back to the other question, what did you want to be when you uh, were a kid, when you grew up, that kind of a thing? Um, if you asked me at different points, you'd get at different answers. If you asked me when I was a little kid, apparently I said I wanted to be a house. <laughs> so that shows you how stupid little Tony yeah, was. So you wanted to have like 10 people inside you at a time. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> And it never happened, and it never will. And it never changed. Uh, yeah. I was a big fan of Power Rangers as a kid, so for a short, short, short time frame, I was like, hey, I want to be like a fucking karate expert. Never once took a karate class in my entire life, never really wanted to. And I really, for the most part, I thought that I wanted to be some kind of a scientist as a kid, and I got less and less interested in the actual mathematics of science, and then I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do any of this shit. So then I went through... I don't know, the the last, like, six years of schooling and went, I don't fucking have a clue, and teaching degree and a bunch of psychology classes led me to bitch about wrestling, so <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's happening. So, I think the idea of you saying I want to be a house is interesting because I know you now, and you're 100% about providing structure. So, and then merging things. <laughs> Like, there's something there in some bizarre way. And he's going to collapse one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really that's is. true. You know what's funny? I um I recently went through a bunch of photo albums to show Caroline because she's interested in seeing like, pictures of me as a kid and all that stuff. And uh, I came across an old poster that I had made in, I think, kindergarten or first grade that my mom had, had saved. And I was like, God damn it. Nothing has changed for the most part, because it was a thing that was supposed to be like, you take things that are supposed to represent your personality and like, you know, clip out some stuff from like newspapers and shit like that. And I looked on there and there's the Simpsons, Batman, mm-hmm. um, chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, pasta, like all this other shit. And I'm like, God damn it. I haven't fucking changed since I was five. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's okay. Cause I'm largely the same way. You know, I, my favorite music is still very much the same. I still get caught listening to early 2000s music. Um, I've always loved wrestling for forever. That hasn't changed at all. And yeah, sometimes people don't drastically change. So what did you want to be when you were a kid? Uh, When I was, so like you, if you ask me at different points, you get a lot of different answers. 
typically I would have told you a wrestler at some point when I was very young. Then I wanted to be the president. No longer would even think about that. I wanted to be a brain surgeon. And by the time I got to high school, I was like, wrestling posters are cool. I'll do graphic design. And all of that led to Bitch About Wrestling. So, yeah. Uh, my thing, obviously, being from the UK, the initial thing you want to be as a kid is a football player. So went through that for a little while, then realised I was completely unathletic and uncoordinated, so I couldn't do that sort of things. So upon that point in time, I was thinking about becoming a historian. But then I slowly started to realise I didn't really know what that was. Even though I was a big fan of history, I didn't really know what historians did. So I started to go something that was a bit more practical, like a, a news reporter or a journalist. Which kind of like it kind of stuck with me for a while because I essentially found my calling in writing articles and blogs and obviously coming to Smart Smart Moment and every other website I could possibly find that could write about wrestling. And then I go into copywriting, which is basically an extension of that, where I don't have to really look at the news that often, but still write stuff all the time. So I've kind of been stuck with the idea of doing writing for a living since my mid-teens. Hmm. And it's not exactly what I expected. I'd never really wanted to end up in marketing. But, you know, now I'm here, it's it's fine. That's the thing, though. Like, when you're a kid, nobody says, for the most part, it's not like you're asking a bunch of kids and they go, little Billy wants to be an astronaut and little Sandra wants to be uh, a lawyer. And then somebody else goes, I would like to do accounts receivable in, um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Nobody does that kind of a thing, yet people end up doing that. And you do get the rare kid every once in a while that's just sort of like, I don't know, I'll probably go in fucking prison. And then you're like, gay, yeah, probably will. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I left out one. There was a brief period of time where I wanted to be a video game programmer and I actually got a book on it and all of that. And I got a little bit into code and then just dropped it when I was like 10. It's not the same as just like playing video games and testing them anymore. Yeah, yeah. you start to lose the fun of it. It's like when you yeah. start talking about wrestling, you start losing the fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I will say this though: if it comes to the idea of like, what would you want to do if you could go back in time and do that and whatever, or like, you know, if you're talking to your current self and what would you want to do when you grow up if you don't consider yourself growing up and stuff. To be perfectly honest, uh, as much as I like the idea of doing the wrestling stuff and uh, having Fanboys Anonymous and all that, uh, I honestly would really, really, really want a job working for Marvel or DC, or both of them technically, and structuring out uh, stuff. Like, I, a side project I work on is what I call uh, like a blueprint, and it's how do you do the shortest amount of work to tell people the most amount of a particular story for Spider-Man or Batman or whatever. And I've mapped out quite a bit of stuff. Like, I mean, I've got a, a 100 story, like it can only fit into a hundred stories kind of thing to tell every possible thing for Batman that I can come across. And you're getting into some deep shit. You're getting into like, uh, you're getting into the idea of Dick Grayson working for Spiral. And it's like, who the fuck is that? And you're like, yeah, you know. And I'm not the biggest comic book guy, but like, I would love to have that kind of a role and do that kind of a thing. So, I don't know, maybe 20 years from now. 
I'll knock down Marvel's door and be like, give me a Spider-Man blueprint shit and we'll see what happens. But maybe I'll just turn into a house. I don't know. Uh, well, either way, you're providing structure. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. It's another fucking thing like that. You're right. God damn it. Well, my life has consisted of Simpsons quotes and how do we make this uh, the simplest organization possible? <laughs> Uh, final couple questions that we have here. What did you think of the Oscars? Uh, I was talking to Rob throughout the Oscars, um, and we hadn't really seen much of the movies, but we had a lot of opinions. A lot of them we can't necessarily say because it's like, you know, jokes that are just sort of like mean or like um, things that we don't really, you know, like we didn't watch a lot of the movies, so it's sort of like because we're never bitch- mean on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's Whoa, a difference between mean uh, and cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's like I when people ask me, "Am I a bad person?" I'm like, "I'm not a bad person. I'm not an asshole. I'm a prick. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking annoying sometimes, but I'm not a, a jerk." I will say um, I like Lady Gaga a considerable amount more than Tony does. Oh, she's a pain in the fucking ass. I don't like her at all. Uh, I didn't like her for the most part before. Couple, a couple of her songs I like, but fuck her. She's a pain in the ass, and she's totally fucking Bradley Cooper and. Oh yeah, that was all staged and shit. Uh, I hate how she was a part of that whole thing, and that just annoyed me. I hate how the Oscars are always so damn political all the time. Even if I agree with what they're saying, I don't want the Oscars to be a political thing. And yeah, like I don't, you know, not to get into the politics side of things, but like I don't like the current administration. Yet I tune into the Oscars to find out what movies people like. I don't tune in to have people talk about borders and representation and all this other kind of stuff. Cause it's like, all right, can we just, can you just tell me what fucking movie has the best sound editing and like that kind of shit, you know? But I think that it worked better without a host. I, I liked that. really enjoyed the show. I thought um, the movies that won for certain categories were better than if they would have won best movie overall. Like, a Star is Born could have won Picture of the Year, but instead Lady Gaga won for Original Song because that is her forte, and I think that was the right call. Same thing with um, Black Panther. Black Panther won for, you know, the visual design and costume, right? Costume, yeah. Yeah, perfect choice. Green Book as a movie overall, great choice. You know, I was really into everybody that won. And I thought it was one of the better Oscars. I wanted Black Panther to win. That's the only I know you disagree you with that, but <laughs> well, I saw uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, I like Black Panther. I wouldn't have picked it for the best movie of the year, but I don't know what I would have picked. It wouldn't have been any of the other ones. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell. Like, if I go back and I watch like Vice and I watch green book and i watch the favorite and all that then i might be able to chime in more but just couldn't this year like i just you get these years every once in a while and sometimes like the year that inception came out i watched every one of those movies except for one of them which was winner's bone and um other years are just sort of like i don't want to fucking listen to any of these and watch any of these and you know thumbs down (laughs) in some regards (laughs) Any thoughts on that, Cal? I didn't watch the Oscars, but the only thing that I take away from it is Olivia Coleman winning. It just like fills my heart with so much joy because I watched Olivia Coleman when she was just a 
not a struggling actress, but like just an actress on like sketch shows and like comedy shows in the UK, like the Peep Show. And so to see her winning an Oscar in 2019 is pretty surreal. She was on Christian's show. No, she was on a good <laughs> Peep Show. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Fry. Oh no, I got rid of that question. Nah, that's real quick. Fried Oreos or um, the Zapoli Zeppoli thing. I love Zeppolis. Don't know what they are. Yeah, it's just fried dough with yeah. sugar. Well, probably that. They're then. fucking great. Probably that thing. Oreos, chocolate. We know that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> fried Oreos don't turn out as well as uh as you would think that they would. That's a shame. Uh. This one's a loaded kind of question. It's a, do you like Valentine's Day? Um, No. And I don't like it for a particular reason that it's not, you know, a lot of people don't like Valentine's Day because they don't have a Valentine and they just got to get like salty about it. I just don't think that it serves as much of a purpose because if you are only like, you know, if you're on like the, the, the male side of things, if you only give flowers or give a present or do something special or whatever with your girlfriend or wife or husband or whatever, only on Valentine's Day, then do you really fucking care about them? Like, should that be like, oh, I'm getting to that one time a year where I have to show them that I love them? It's stupid to me. It's too commercial. And when it comes to like Caroline and I, like, I look at that as being like, Let's go to, out to eat for Valentine's Day, but we went out to eat those past couple of days anyway, so it's really not anything special, you know? Mm-hmm. You show somebody that you care about somebody through the days that aren't Valentine's Day, not the commercial day that they advertised it. Just the same as Thanksgiving shouldn't be the only time of the year that you spend time with your family. Mother's Day shouldn't be the only time of the year that you love your mother. Exactly. And if you're Mr. T, it's all the other days. <laughs> uh, but I... <laughs> I fall into that category as well. And for this year in particular that I'm single and very salty about it. But also even when I've been with people on Valentine's day, I don't like it. Cause it's like, I will show you that I care every day. Don't put the added pressure on me just because the marketing industry says that you should. Thanks Callum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the whole idea of giving valentine's chocolates though, right? yeah <laughs> I, I love the fact that like yeah valentine's day was never commercial until i came around and started doing stuff and that's but, right but i i mean i used to be the like again the salty single guy that would just like try and avoid as much talk about this day as whatever because i wasn't with anybody or whatever now i'm a very content single guy in the sense of and i still don't like the day because it's all commercial bullshit but it's like you guys saying, it's like just treat people and like be romantic with them when you the when the mood strikes you. Don't just wait for a specific day to do it. Obviously, get them stuff on this day because they're probably going to expect it. And that's like on both sides of the equation. But don't just make this like this is the only day of the year we're going to do this sort of shit. And the rest of the day, we're just going to be miserable. Just yeah. <laughs> pro tip uh, to you young fellows out there, you get so much more mileage if you surprise somebody with something like flowers for instance on a random ass day yeah hell yeah like thankfully caroline's not the type of superficial person that does this kind of stuff but a lot of people are when it comes to like if you were to send flowers to their office or something like that and they want to just gush and be like you know like to show up all their friends and stuff like that a lot of women do that a lot of men in certain regards do it too but 
you know, they, they like that whole kind of thing and stuff. And if you have somebody who is that type of person, if you do that on a random day, they will be so much happier. You than are if so you do that one. gang light. Yeah. <laughs> so Valentine's that. Day, it's almost like it sounds really harsh to say, but if you've got that type of a relationship where you're th- like, thankfully, I don't where Caroline's not looking at this as being like Valentine's Day needs to be special for me. And if not, then you don't love me or whatever. She's so much more level headed than that. But if you treat Valentine's Day as you do the bare minimum just to kind of get by and then you apply that extra little bit towards a random day, it'll work so much better for you. So pro tip for everybody listening to that. Got a final question here from Frankie and from everybody. Are we going to get predictions and post-show podcasts for all AEW events? I just want to jump in here and say, even if Tony drops off, I think me and Callum will continue to do I mean it depends how good it is if it becomes That's TNA if it becomes TNA very quickly then I, I might end up dropping out pretty quickly but by all accounts it's going to be good and by all accounts they're not going to host like it's not going to be a year thing where it's going to be 12 shows a year or whatever I'm probably I'd probably be leaning towards more of a, a four show a year big show a year thing at least mm-hmm. initially. So if that's the case, then I don't think it would be too much of a difficulty for us to do. At least not to do post shows. Maybe predictions would be difficult, depending on the schedule with other sh- things going on as well. I mean, we want to variety it up a little bit as well. We don't want to always be doing, oh, predictions so for so Elimination Chamber or something. And then, oh, okay, so, and then next week we've got predictions for this AEW show. And then next week it's predictions for Fastlane. And it's just like, we want to. Yeah, then it's the Saudi Arabia show. And then it's, you know. And it's it's part, it's mainly WWE's fault. I'll just throw it out there. It's, it's almost entirely <laughs> WWE's fault. But it makes it difficult to do predictions for other shows because other shows actually do less frequent events than WWE. And they always do at least one and often two shows a month. Makes it. Yeah, and even this month that's coming up. I am making it a little bit easier, but I would have wanted to do something like, you know, a breakdown for so many more things that are even just WWE related and that's, you just don't have the time. So scheduling is the main thing and that's kind of something that we can't really tell what's happening yet. But another thing we can't tell is whether or not it's good. And if AEW is like NXT, then you bet your ass we're going to try to do everything we can. But if AEW is like Impact, like Callum said... Fuck that. So I won't what is be able to watch benchmark? it. What is the benchmark for okay, this is quickly becoming impact? Uh I'm guessing just a lot of convoluted storylines and mainly it would be a sense of them when I would know it's impact is that they start not it's not even so much just bringing XWW guys on board. It's starting to just like say oh, we're not like the big company up north or anything along those sort of lines. Like they start lampooning WWE or they start challenging them or saying, we do things this way because we're not like them or something along, along those lines. Yeah. There's I'm a gonna, couple of things with that. I'm going like, to agree with you, though. I hate when they're just like, oh, but we're professional wrestling, not sports entertainment. Yeah. I hate mm-hmm. that. And I don't want to see weird stupid gimmicky names like how tna was so obsessed with the letter x yeah if it's a battle royal it's battle royal it's not an like an inside outside like throwing contest or something along those lines it's just none of that shit yeah i don't want to see 
this will sound mean, but I don't want to look at All Elite and say, oh, this is a bunch of indie guys that couldn't make it into WWE. Like, the vanilla midget thing that people throw out there, I don't want that to be the case. I don't want everybody to be a guy who does the flippy stuff and doesn't sell everything and all that. Oh, yeah. I want to see an actual company with well-rounded characters. I want, I want there to be some big guys and not everybody that's five foot ten. And I want there to be a variety of styles and I want there to be a, a world championship and a mid-card championship and a women's championship and a tag team championship. I don't want anything that's like, well, this championship's going to be defended in this kind of weird-ass rule and whatever. No, I don't want anything that's going to be a little bit too crazy. But I want a little bit of variety, too, and I don't want it to just feel like it's somebody copying WWE. So it's a really odd tightrope to walk, and there's a strong chance that they succeed and a strong chance that they fail miserably. Because, I mean, right now they, they're saying that they don't even have a, a ring. So, yeah, that was tre- odd to come out and say. Yeah, we're all treating this as if like it's going to be a great thing. And it's like Global Force Wrestling didn't come up, you know, but sometimes things still happen. And this might happen and be double or nothing might be awful. And then we might not get anything that happens after that or something. I don't think yeah. that's going to be the case, but I think this yeah. is the, the least the least we can say is that you're definitely getting double or nothing predictions and post show. Definitely, yeah. And even if that is in a situation where WWE announces like a Saudi Arabia show or something like that, it's going to be a double week. It's just going to be the way that we would treat NXT and WrestleMania, where it's like, all right, I guess we're going to do two predictions and two post shows. Yeah. Like, and that week will be a pain in the ass, but mm. double or nothing is something that's very, very interesting. It'll get some clicks. It'll get us talking about something different and good change of pace. So you're getting that. And if it's as good or better than all in, then you're going to keep getting them going forward. Mm-hmm. And if it sucks, then no. <laughs> well, if, if it, that sucks, it, it means that we might get the, give the next one a chance. But if they're consistently sucking, then yeah, then it yeah. goes away very quickly. If they announce Tuesday Night Dynamite and I watch an episode of it and it feels like I'm watching a YouTube channel, then it's that's going to be a bad sign. Because let's put it this way. If we gave up on WWE every time a pay-per-view sucks, then we would have stopped a long, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Crown Jewel would have been the end of the channel. It practically was. <laughs> Backlash would have been the end of the channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fell asleep on that one. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Well, those are the February 2019 mailbag questions you guys had sent in that we were able to answer. Of course, there's some that we didn't get a chance to answer. And if you really, really want us to try to do that, then think about passing those over for the March one, which will be in a couple of weeks. And that's difficult, too, as far as scheduling comes, because we do have a lot of things heading your way. And I don't know how we're going to get all that incorporated in there. But if you're interested in knowing what the next couple of things are that are going to be popping up on the YouTube channel, we've got Fastlane Predictions. We've got Wrestling with the Past about the Hall of Fame, which we can't really do until they start announcing some more Hall of Famers. We have Fantasy Booking WrestleMania 35, which at this point I'm actually starting to think I might just do on the website and we might have to do something else. It's a little bit easier and quicker. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, We've got the mailbag in March. It's probably happening at the very end of the year, uh, end of the year, the end of the month on like the 27th or so. So you have a little bit of time to send in those questions and please do that ahead of time because that way you can start backlogging them. And then we're going to start getting into TakeOver and WrestleMania predictions and Smart Madness is going to be going on. Uh, Actually, the end of this week, Friday this week is when March 1st is happening. So that's going to be the qualifying round to clear up a couple little things. 
And all throughout this month, we're going to be doing Smart Madness. So we're not doing a podcast about that until we do the winner reveal and recap the whole tournament and stuff. So that's happening after WrestleMania. Then we got the Superstar Shakeup happening after that, and then another mailbag, and then supposedly a Saudi Arabia show. So you got a lot coming your way. And the best way to be aware of when we get those things posted is to subscribe on the YouTube channel and check off the bell notification thing. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Check out all the other things that are happening on SmartOutMoment.com, like the weekly articles and some small packages and stuff. And on the other thing that I've got for SmartOutMoment includes like the monetary side. If you have a little bit of spare change and you want to help us grow in the future, consider donating to the Patreon and you know checking out the tiers that are happening there and the Public and Redbubble shops for the merchandise side. Same thing applies to Fanboys Anonymous. There's a Patreon, a Public, a Redbubble, and YouTube channel, and Facebook, and Twitter, and everything for Fanboys, just the same. The only difference being that uh, the Twitter is Fanboys Anon, because I can't fit Fanboys Anonymous, but everything else is Fanboys Anonymous, so go check out the stuff happening there. Got my stuff on Bleach Report and E-Wrestling News that you can check out, and got all the other crap that's going on in my mind, just through a mango tree and Tony Mango and all that, so follow me all those places. Follow these guys on what they've got cooking. Callum? You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Power Rankings will be live sometime either on Thursday or Friday, most likely Friday. But you can also check out 2001 Arresting Odyssey, both episodes 1 and 2 from January and February. We're sixth of the way through the year. And the March edition will be coming out sometime later this month, probably in the second half of the month. <laughs> at the end of the year. At the end of the year, yeah. We'll bring the March one out at the end of the year and then <laughs> <laughs> But all the other ones will come out in their usual slots, but I'm just I'm thinking for the March one I know we've definitely done like just look through loads of different news, but because it's a special month, because this is the death of WCW, we might just do a big special on just looking back on WCW as well as obviously the circumstances surrounding the reasons why they went out of business but i haven't decided i haven't fully fleshed out the structure yet but look forward to that episode um for me you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dude felice you can check out my stuff on e-wrestling news you can check out time killer apparel the triple threat will be up this week it's a special one we've got the three women of smart out moment talking about the impact of the women's tag team championship so look for that on thursday or friday and yeah that's it for me all right everybody that's going to be it for all of us make sure you leave your comments below as i mentioned before and make sure that you like and you share and all the other kind of stuff that's happening there all that's greatly appreciated as well as your continued support and we will see you next time this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out